1: Hi, yo! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Kiwi Birth Tales. My brother name is Aggie and I'm Boy. Thank you for missing from Mommy's podcast. See you later. This episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is proudly brought to you by Pure Mama Skincare. It is one of my absolute ride or dies during pregnancy. I can genuinely recommend the skincare range from Pure Mama, which I personally used and loved. Everything from their belly oil to their magnesium body rub, which I am still using now, to their nipple butter for postpartum are absolute game changers. They are such beautiful products. And I personally know the team at Pure Mama They work so hard to develop the highest quality natural products that not only smell and feel amazing, but actually work. You will hear Jess and I talk about Pure Mama during this episode because Jess is also a fan, but I cannot talk highly enough about the Pure Mama team and their products. So if you're pregnant, make sure you go and check them out. And if you're just listening to this episode because you're interested or you know someone who is pregnant, they also make beautiful gifts. So thank you, Pure Mama, for sponsoring this episode and for making the most beautiful pregnancy skincare out there. Kia ora, and welcome back to another episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I am your host, Jordan, and I am so happy to have you here with me today today. From wherever you're listening in the world, I am so grateful that you are choosing to have me in your ears. I am a mum of two. I've got Jai, who's four, and Ali, who is two. I also have a business baby, which is your birth project, and your birth project is everything you need if you are pregnant. It is an online hypnobirthing course designed to help you create your best birth. does not matter if you are planning a C-section, a home birth a drug-free birth, a vaginal birth, it doesn't matter what you're planning, it is going to help you have your best birth, so make sure you go and check it out, it's also got an amazing section for birth partners uh, to help your birth partner be the best birth partner they can be at your birth, so yeah, go and check out your birth project, you'll also hear Jess talk about the course as she is a your birth project mama. Today I am speaking with Jess and I have followed Jess on social media for such a long time. She is so lovely and I know you're going to enjoy her episode. There's just so much packed in there and she's very open and vulnerable and honest with us. So super grateful to Jess for being willing to come on and share her story. Another reminder that Pure Mama are the sponsor on this week's episode, and just want to say a huge thank you to Lara and the team at Pure Mama for sponsoring this week's episode. If I could honestly recommend one thing to you in the start of your pregnancy journey, I would say Pure Mama. It is the most incredible pregnancy skincare, and you will not be disappointed. I will let you enjoy this episode. I'd love to hear from you, so find me on socials at Kiwi Birth Tales, or at Your Birth Project. Enjoy! Hi Jess, thank you so much for joining me on the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast today.
0: No worries. Thank you for having me. It's a, a big moment. I did want to say mm-hmm. that the whole time we were trying to get to this point where we had a little baby, I listened to Kiwi Birth Tales. it would have been probably for three years. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember this being my North Star moment when I'd be really upset that it wasn't going to plan. I was like, mm-hmm. I will one day be sharing our journey on Kiwi Birth Tales, and there'll be a little baby in the other room. And mm-hmm. yeah, it feels like I have goosebumps right now just the fact that like this is that moment. It's um yeah really cool. Mm-hmm. So thank Thank you for for what you do
1: no amazing I am um yeah much the same actually I've been I feel like we've been chatting online and like yeah I've followed you for ages so it's very cool <laughs> to have you here on the podcast today and we're going to talk um all things yeah journey to pregnancy pregnancy birth motherhood um, yes. so we've got a lot to cover today <laughs> but <laughs> why don't we start with um an intro to you who you are and who is in your family
0: Yes, so I'm Jess Quinn. I in my family is my husband Todd. Still feels weird to say husband, um, <laughs> but my husband Todd, our little dog Scout, who I have to mention first because he is obviously our firstborn, <laughs> um, and then our recent addition Marla, um, and she is nine weeks old. So yeah, mm. I'm a mom, which is crazy. Um, I guess a little <laughs> bit about me. I um I work largely in social media um so some of you may have followed some of you may not um but I share my life um as an amputee so I lost my leg to cancer when I was eight and I guess that's worth mentioning because it probably plays into my um birth story and and pregnancy story yeah. quite a lot I had a yeah. rotationplasty amputation so for those driving they can google that later because it's easier <laughs> to google than um then try to explain but it definitely caused um not as many complications as I thought it would, but definitely some, um, I guess, differences in my journey. Mm -hmm. So definitely worth mentioning that. But yeah, I basically share my um, differences in my journey for a living, really.
1: Yeah, amazing. Awesome. And why don't we start with what the journey to pregnancy was like for you and Todd? Definitely
0: a little bit rocky, as I alluded to before. Um, mm. We, I will, when I say we, I had always thought maybe that would be the case. A, because I had, you know, pretty aggressive cancer and and chemo, mm. and and even after I had finished treatment, even though I was young, they alluded to the fact that they weren't sure how that would affect my fertility or um, my cycle or anything like that. And so I always had that in the back of my head. And then on top of that, I'd always had quite weird periods quite painful periods Mm. um I went on the pill really young because my periods were making me miss school and yeah I had a lot of issues with that so as I got older and understood my cycle I started to think well maybe mine's not super normal um Mm. so Todd and I started trying reasonably early into our relationship because we knew we were going to be together and and I kind of had that in the back of my head that it might be a bit rocky but you obviously always hope it's not going to be um so we started trying I think it was about the September of 2021 um and I did a whole lot of kind of preconception care just to give myself the best odds that I could um and then it got to about the six month mark and we still weren't pregnant um which isn't a huge amount of time, but I remember people saying like, if you get to about that time, you could start looking into things. Um, Mm. And my periods just kept getting worse and worse in terms of pain. So I kind of put two and two together and I was seeing some experts at the time who alluded to maybe there was something going on so Mm. I got connected with an incredible gynecologist um, who rushed me in quite quickly for um, endometriosis surgery or discovery surgery Um, so yeah that was six months into our um, trying to conceive journey and I ended up having stage two endo that they removed which was um, yeah a mix of emotions I actually and I think others kind of have mentioned they felt the same. I weirdly felt relieved to have a diagnosis because mm. there was a reason that maybe it was part of our fertility issues and also um, just answered kind of my whole life of, of period pain. So, yeah, I was diagnosed with endometriosis. Um, and then we were kind of given the green light to keep trying whenever we were ready. And we, we actually jumped back on the horse quite quickly because <laughs> we really wanted to get um, a little a little baby. And we fell pregnant about four months after my endosurgery so nine months into our trying journey um, but unfortunately that ended in an early miscarriage for us I think I was about five or six weeks when I miscarried and that was really hard um I mean obviously it's a really hard thing to go through but for also we'd been trying you know for nine months at that point and then you know finally we got there and then to lose that baby was really really hard Um, Mm. I was also admitted into hospital because my bleeding was pretty aggressive so it was just quite a scary time and Mm. yeah I I kind of felt okay emotionally but then I realized looking back for probably a good six months I was quite numb and yeah it was a really Mm. obviously hard time and on the one part I felt really sad that we'd lost something we'd kind of worked really hard to get and wanted so badly but then on the other hand I felt relieved that I knew that my body could get pregnant because after the chemo I wasn't sure if that was possible so yeah it was a weird time and a weird mix of emotions and I was hopeful because everyone said you know after you miscarry you often get pregnant quite quickly so I was like okay cool like every month just felt even more intense Mm -hmm. that we did we got a negative test um and it ended up taking I think that pregnancy was around July 22 and then we kept trying and got pregnant and was that the March of 23 um was when we fell pregnant with Marla um so it was another kind of long period of time Um, and it really took a huge toll on on both of our mental health but definitely Mine, you're just you know constantly waiting for something that you don't know when it's going to happen. Um, and we during all of that we got engaged and ended up deciding to get married quite quickly within about five months just because we knew we were going to probably start intervening and we wanted to kind of get the wedding under our belt. So we'd booked in to um have IUI the month after our wedding, which was April last year, and then yeah, we found out exactly 12 weeks before our wedding that I was pregnant, which was um. Mm -hmm so surreal and yeah just yeah honestly you you I mean, we were trying for almost two years at that point and obviously had a yeah. loss in that and you still are shocked when you get a pregnancy <laughs> test it's so so crazy um yeah. but the timing was just uncanny with the wedding um and so that was yeah. really exciting but the start of that pregnancy was pretty scary I had a few bouts of heavy bleeding and um, my gynecologist was incredible and got us in for early scans just to make sure things were okay and there were a few days that I spent on the couch kind of convinced it was over because I was bleeding so mm. heavy but um, yeah ended up obviously being okay which is um, really awesome and yeah my north star moment in that was that we could tell our family we decided we'd tell our sorry extended family and friends at our wedding um, so I just mm-hmm. kind of kept holding on to that moment um, mm-hmm. and yeah that ended up happening which was really exciting so yeah a bit of a rocky road for us but um we got there in the end which yeah it's awesome yeah
1: yeah yeah amazing and how were you feeling like I know you said you had some heavy periods uh heavy bleeds sorry in um your pregnancy with Marla early on how were you feeling outside of the bleeds like did you have many other pregnancy symptoms
0: I had Almost none, which was Mm -hmm. crazy and still crazy Mm -hmm. to think about. I was obviously a bit tired. My boobs were sore, but I get sore boobs around my cycle anyway. Um, And, you know, I was a bit hungry. My skin started to break out um, and my guts were a bit haywire, which isn't uncommon for me. So nothing Mm -hmm. was that unusual. I didn't really get morning Mm -hmm. sickness. Um, And even my tiredness wasn't too extreme. And I think that also kind of made it hard for those first 12 weeks because I didn't actually feel pregnant. I, I almost wanted to be sick then I knew that it was still there. Um, yeah. So that was really tough. And, and the anxiety, I think everyone, I imagine a lot of people experience this, but especially when you've been through loss, just going mm. to the toilet each time. I think for my whole pregnancy, I checked the toilet paper after I've been to the toilet mm. every time, yeah. because you just, even up until 30 weeks, I was just convinced something was kind of going to go wrong. Um, yeah. So I guess emotionally, I was feeling um, pretty anxious and scared. But um physically I was yeah really lucky I still remember I was able to eat like eggs which I feel like if you've got morning sickness that's probably the last thing you feel like (laughs) and I was really excited one day to get pregnant I was like I'm just gonna eat two minute noodles and just like embrace that life (laughs) yeah I wasn't like sick enough to want that but I just had it anyway because I was like I'm pregnant I need to embrace
1: this (laughs) (laughs) um
0: but yeah the whole um yeah 12 weeks I didn't really get cravings or
1: anything so I was yeah really fortunate with that yeah yeah amazing and did you go how did you decide what to do for your care like did you want to go for a midwife or an OB what were your sort of thoughts there
0: um, we went with an OB we talked about it a lot and our kind of trying to conceive journey and I think just with the my medical history and my leg I felt um, safer going down that route and yeah. um yeah so we I'd already planned in, in that first pregnancy which obstetrician clinic I wanted to go to we went to origins um, which I really really enjoyed um and we had an amazing obstetrician there so yeah I chose a obstetrician which yeah was the right decision for us and I think you know if we have more kids it's definitely something something I want to do again I do have a bit of anxiety and I found my obstetrician he was really amazing in the way that he just debunked all the things that people kind of Mm -hmm. stress about and that really really helped my anxiety throughout pregnancy and birth so um I loved that and I just felt safe with yeah my medical history he was able to connect with my surgeon who had done my amputation and and I just yeah I felt he already knew him it just felt like the right place for us and yeah I loved that
1: yeah yeah awesome and did you share like because I know you sort of talked earlier about how you share like a lot of your life on social media so did you share your initial pregnancy loss and then when did you share your pregnancy with Marla
0: yeah we I took quite a lot of time off Um, without saying Mm. why Um, when we had our first miscarriage I just needed space and it's a weird thing when your job is to share your life online and as much as I'm an open book I'm an open book about specific things and we hadn't really shared that we were trying for Mm. a baby or anything like that Um, so I just wasn't really ready to share that I can't remember when I did end up sharing but eventually um, actually I think it was once I got pregnant with Marla I shared the journey that we had been on in a small amount yeah. Um, because yeah. as much as I do like privacy sometimes I also know my whole mission is to normalize different and different experiences and I mm. always want to make people feel less alone so I knew that in sharing our story um, it was an important part and at that stage I was sharing a lot about endometriosis and I feel like that kind of um, was a part of our journey mm. so mm. um, yeah I did open up online and and it was incredible just seeing how many people um, had been through similar experiences or just needed someone to connect with and it helped me as much as um, it apparently helped them it's always nice to feel let alone so yeah Yeah. I did end up sharing about that and then we kept our pregnancy quiet until I was about 20 weeks um, which was just because I wanted to be in our own little love bubble on our own Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was just really nice to yeah have that for Todd and I Um, Mm -hmm. I felt you know I as I said I am as much as so I'm an open book, I am kind of private about what I share about my family or um, my partner, and, and so just sharing about uh, another human being felt really strange, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was nice to keep that private for a while, and then at, at 20 weeks, yeah, we, we shared that news online, which was, um, yeah, really exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah, awesome. Cool, and what about, like, all of the testing that's offered to you in New Zealand? Did you do all of the standard testing? Did you do anything else like through your um ob and did you want to know the sex of your baby
0: yeah we did it's funny how much you completely forget pregnancy the second that you have a baby (laughs) i I feel like that was
1: like a whole other
0: person's life um but (laughs) we did the nip test we decided we wanted to do that early on um largely i guess for the gender and also just for any other checks um so yeah we did that and found out the gender two days before our wedding so we told Mm -hmm. our immediate family that we were having a baby um, but we had lied to them before the wedding and said we didn't Mm -hmm. know the gender so that when we announced the pregnancy they also had a little surprise at our wedding Um, so yeah we just got the envelope um, and then we went and got some takeaways and sat at a beach that we like going to and just opened the envelope really Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah then announced I guess the gender to to the wider wider fam um, at the wedding so it was really a really special moment and we have both on camera because our wedding was obviously being um, filmed, so that was really a really special thing to yeah. have. Um, yeah. So yeah, we did those tests, and they're, God, they're such nerve-wracking test to do, but um, yeah, and very expensive. But I'm really glad that we we did that. Um, what other tests do you do? We had the the usual scans. Um, we had a lot more scans than normal just because of that initial bleeding and then also going through an obstetrician we had kind of regular scans um at the clinic there so yeah yeah we did did all of that
1: yeah cool awesome and what about birth education like did you have many thoughts around doing antenatal classes or anything else to sort of get you in the mindset for birth
0: Yes, I wanted to do everything. Just, I mean, I was already fascinated by <laughs> yeah. birth. I'd seen my sister go through her first birth. Um, not, I wasn't there, but I was kind of really close. So I was kind of um, emotionally there. Um, mm-hmm. And I was had been listening to Kiwi Birth Tales for probably a year before I even thought about getting pregnant and then throughout mm-hmm. our whole journey. So I felt like I already knew a lot from there. And I even remember people being like, oh, you won't learn much from antenatal class. And I thought, I was pretty clued up given how many birth stories I've listened to. But <laughs> I was actually quite impressed that we still learned different things. I think when you're actually yeah. in the moment and you're pregnant, you you learn things. So, yeah, we went through um, Nest, which was kind of a local one for us, and and did antenatal class, which... I also just really enjoyed, I think we just wanted to be pregnant so bad, to be able to do all of these things Mm. I've heard other people doing was really, really cool. Um, I also did Your Birth Project, which was something that my sister had done. So I always knew that I wanted to do that because I think I am also quite a holistic person in my health. I like, you know, I, I seek out medical Um, I guess advice and all of that when when I need to because I've been in that world Mm. for so long. But I also just love the more holistic approach or the, I don't know, bringing in your mental well-being and all of that into healthcare. And so I and I kind of felt like I missed out on that a little bit by going through an obstetrician because it does feel like a slightly more medical route opposed to midwifery. It does feel like you get a little bit more of that kind of Mm. I don't know holistic approach is the best way I can explain it. So doing your birth project felt like that kind of me even though there was a bit of both in there it felt like you know just the breathing Mm -hmm. techniques and those kind of um uh, things it kind of meant that i got a little bit of both um so i love doing that and made Todd do it with me because i was like Mm -hmm. you are going to be an exceptional birth partner and you have to sit down (laughs) and listen to all of this which i think was really great for us because it set up a whole lot of conversations that we might not have had Mm -hmm. otherwise about our expectations and yeah it was really awesome so yeah i did the birth project and I do I I ordered I love books but I don't often read them I just buy them so I ordered (laughs) all of these books and I really only read one that resonated with me which was expecting better um I really really found that helpful because again I do live with a bit of anxiety and that book just really Mm. kind of debunked a whole lot of things um so I loved reading that and yeah yeah, I kind of just listened to birth tales all day long it's kind of (laughs) a running joke with Todd and I I'd make him listen I'd listen to it and then if it was one that I thought was similar to maybe our journey I would make him listen to it as well (laughs) Um, so yeah yeah, that's kind of how I educated myself.
1: Yeah awesome and did that give you a perspective on how you wanted your birth to go like did you have a plan or yeah, thoughts around what type of birth you wanted?
0: Yeah, it I kind of I kind of left it to the universe a little bit because mm-hmm. I thought I felt like it was a little bit out of my control just with my body and how it kind of differs yeah. um, and so we had some big combos with our obstetrician and I think my biggest fear again it will probably be easier if people have had a little google or a stalk on my Instagram what a rotationplasty is because it is a more complicated amputation but mm-hmm. and also I was the I'm one of the only in New Zealand with it I think there's about nine of us and um, I was one of the first to have it done so there isn't anyone ahead of me that I can look to who has had a yeah. baby um I'm now the first to have a baby New Zealand with that so um, Mm. it was new territory for me and my obstetrician and and the whole medical team so I didn't know and and my um, amputation site is all around my pelvis so obviously that's impacted when you give birth and I couldn't quite imagine how that was going to work so I actually reached Mm. out to some others overseas who have had babies and who have had a rotation plasty and saw how they went about it and the feet that all of them had had mixed birth some of them had a vaginal birth and some of them had a cesarean but none of them had come to that result because of their leg it was due to other complications so that was quite empowering for me to be like oh maybe I can give this a go like the dream was definitely Mm. a vaginal birth but I never wanted to have a vaginal birth if it meant that I was going to impact my leg long term and therefore I couldn't be the mum that I wanted to be so it was definitely in my in the back of my mind and then yeah we had a big combo about it with the OB and he seeked advice from my um, original medical team from the amputation and and they said they don't see that birth could affect my leg but you couldn't guarantee that whereas with the cesarean we could guarantee that it wouldn't impact my leg um so we nearly chose to do an elective and then i just decided nah. i just i felt in my gut that i really wanted to give it a go and just yeah leave it to the universe and see what happens so um that's where we landed and yeah i guess um it was nice to kind of come to that decision but i definitely had a little bit of fear in the back of my mind about mm. just navigating something that no one else <laughs> has navigated before it was um a little bit scary but um yeah. I tried to just yeah let go of that and embrace embrace what was ahead
1: yeah yeah and did your amputation cause any like other complications in pregnancy like was there any pain that you had associated you know from growing in pregnancy and all of that sort of stuff was there any yeah anything else that came along with that
0: surprisingly not really like pregnancy was the highlight of my life i (laughs) and like a little bit of context i was really really active from kind of high school right up until about five years ago like insanely active and Mm -hmm. so but then five years ago i kind of went through a few injuries and have never really regained my strength again so i've been dealing with a lot of pain and a lot of issues in my body and so even when we were trying for a baby and times were a bit hard I had moments where I was like should I be doing this like should we maybe just not have kids because I was so nervous about a how Mm -hmm. pregnancy was going to impact my body but also how I was going to have the challenges that I have and then also parent and be a mom yeah um so I definitely had a lot of doubt in that and a lot of fear around pregnancy and one of my biggest issues in that five years was swelling I spent about two years where the um the part of my body that I put into my prosthetic swelled to the point where most days I couldn't put on my legs. So yeah. I was really limited my in my abilities and I knew swelling was a huge thing in pregnancy. So I was so scared that that was going to come back because I mm. just gotten rid of it. Um, and surprisingly, I didn't swell at all the whole pregnancy and um, not even post birth, which was mm-hmm. incredible. Like Todd and I had already planned that I would most likely be on crutches, if not in a wheelchair, if not potentially bedridden, it's, especially in my third trimester and we're kind of pre planned for that to be the case um but it never really happened so I was really yeah lucky I think winter being a winter pregnancy really helped summer's really really challenging for me with mm-hmm. my legs so I think that was on our side um but yeah I just I don't know if it was you know how your ligaments like the relaxing goes through your body I don't know if that's mm-hmm. what really helped me but I my challenges weren't any greater um in pregnancy than they are outside of pregnancy which was a huge blessing and it it gave me so much confidence I remember having a conversation with Todd because those five years had been really tough for me and I lost a lot of confidence in my abilities and and then to be able to go through an experience that, that so many people go through and be able to do it um kind of the same in a quote unquote normal capacity felt really awesome to just not have also used to having extra challenges all the time which obviously I still had but for me it was still just normal which was really really um encouraging and gave me yeah a huge confidence boost um but yeah so I was I was really fortunate that pregnancy um didn't really impact my body too much which still just baffles me a lot Mm -hmm. um Yeah. yeah it was awesome
1: yeah cool amazing and take us through like the end stage of your pregnancy so how were you feeling at that very sort of last final (laughs) week of being pregnant um were you doing anything to like try and prepare for labor or for birth and yeah talk us through that end stage of pregnancy
0: yeah um again it's crazy how that seems like a lifetime ago even (laughs) though it was only nine weeks ago um it was yeah my end the end of the pregnancy was still going really well um baby was tracking really good um i ended up intervening in all the ways I possibly want well, intervening but using all the things the dates the teas <laughs> everything I was really hopeful that I would be able to go into labor naturally that was my goal is to um to do that because I knew that I wasn't sure how birth was going to go and I really ideally wanted to just experience labor it was kind of the dream for me um and yeah so I tried everything and I was doing acupuncture um which I do Anyway, um, and I was seeing an osteopath, which I again do outside of being pregnant. Um, but they were kind of focusing on more of the the pre birth things. Um, I was trying to do some curb walking, definitely challenging as an amputee, but mm-hmm. I was trying to do that. Um, and I ended up doing the mile circuit quite a lot. I quite enjoyed doing that. Okay. I had to adapt it a little bit again for my body, but um, I did that to try induced labor um and then we did end up having a stretch and sweep as well which i thought helped we came home and i ended up having a few contractions or contraction kind of feelings and then it went away <laughs> so that didn't really do anything which was a bummer um yeah. but yeah towards the end i was feeling feeling really good i was emotionally feeling a bit unusual i was um kind of sad to to see the bump go and to have that period of my life over i think i Mm -hmm. was really aware of the fact that having your first baby is such a line in the sand of your life of like parent versus not a parent (laughs) Mm -hmm. um you know it's just it's a huge moment obviously and i think i was yeah just really emotionally aware of that so i had um a few meltdowns even though i was so happy to be meeting our baby soon and to enter Mm -hmm. that part of my life i just it felt really weird letting go of um a pregnancy that I'd enjoyed so much and, and at that time just went so so fast um, yeah. so yeah but and I was really excited for birth which um, surprised me given the nerves I did have about my differences mm. but I was just really excited for that to to happen and my sister had her second baby three months exactly before me so I just kind of mm-hmm. watched that whole phase and then yeah to enter it myself was pretty pretty incredible
1: yeah yeah cool and before we get into your birth story <laughs> um can you talk us through your name journey so how did you land with Marla? did you know that you wanted to call her that before she was born or did you wait till after yeah talk us through your name journey
0: oh I love baby names it's a weird passion of mine <laughs> like if I find out someone's had a baby I'm like what's its name I need to know <laughs> yeah 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 um, Oh, So fun. But um, Marla came about, we'd obviously um, been talking about names for a long time uh, while we were trying. It was kind of like our happy moment of if a month went badly, I'd focus on what will I call my baby in the future? just as like a something to focus my brain on. Um, and Todd actually came up with Marla. I think we were watching TV. It was before, it was while, maybe, yeah, while we were trying. And a kid was on the TV called Marlow, And he was like, do you like the name Marlow?" And I was like, yeah, I really like that name. And then he was like, what about Marla? and I was like that's such a cool name I hadn't really heard of it before um and so it went to the top of our name list quite quickly um Mm -hmm. and it was Todd was sold on it whereas I had another name that I'd always liked that I think we'll save for a second baby if we have one Mm -hmm. um and so we kind of kept going back and forth on the two but something about Marla just felt right and we could see that being our oldest baby um our oldest child if we have more um yeah, it just felt right. And my nana passed away during lockdown and her middle name oh sorry, her name is Jan, which is my mum's middle name too, and so her name's Marla Jan, which I just thought sounded mm-hmm. really beautiful. Um, so yeah, we we were stuck on it probably since halfway through pregnancy, but every weekend mm. I'd be like, are you sure you don't like my name better? <laughs> just in case. <laughs> um, but even though it was the name that I, I liked, I just, yeah, Marla just felt right for us. So yeah. we were pretty much set on that, although she was Peach during the whole pregnancy. So um, <laughs> we referred to her as Peach so much to the point that it felt... Unusual to call her Marla. It took me probably yes. three weeks at yeah. the beginning to like transition away from her nickname. Yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. we, yeah, a few people actually thought we were going to call her Peach. It had stuck so much, um, <laughs> but no, she's she's Marla, and it's funny when you have a baby. I now ca- she just does not look like our second name. She's definitely a Marla. Yeah.
1: Um, you can't imagine them as something else, right?
0: No, it's so strange. So yeah, that that was our journey to her name. Um, but yeah. honestly, I wish I could have a hundred babies just so I could name them all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm obsessed with like all of these different like TikTok accounts and Instagram accounts Same. that post like names that match with the first kid's names. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, I could do that for a job. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh, that's, so cool. that's so cool. Yeah. Awesome. And okay, so let's jump into it. Take us through that very final stage of your pregnancy and into your birth
0: story this gets me so excited I, <laughs> I just had my um Warrant Fitness with my um the, I see a vagina physio who I saw pre-pregnancy and during pregnancy and now for my Warner Fitness post and I was telling her how much I love birth and I was just so excited about it and even our birth story and it's just like so I'll see you in 10 months time then because I was uh-huh. just like so excited about it. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, but no. it um so yeah we um what was I I was I can't remember when we had our stretch and sweep, it was about a week before, um, so I think about 39 weeks, I had a stretch and sweep with the OB. Um, As I said, I thought that was gonna go somewhere and it didn't. which was fine. And he was under the, um, his his kind of approach is that if one stretch and sweep doesn't work, there's no point doing some more, which I know everyone has a different approach, but that was his. And I was happy with that. So we didn't do any further stretch and sweeps. We just went in um, every few days kind of for monitoring and just to see how baby was doing. And she was doing really well. She was head down, engage, ready to go. Um, And, you know, I'd been getting cramping probably for a month beforehand. It wasn't really Braxton Hicks, it was kind of just like the day before your period feeling and that kind of um, kept going on. So I'd get excited. Um, And then, yeah, it rolled around to 40 and four was the day she was born, I think. So about and 2 we'd found out the day before that my ob was actually off for the whole weekend and also mm. taking her to a one-week holiday the next week and I was like oh no mm. and we built such a great relationship with him I was so nervous and so I really hoped that she was going to come but um we started to look at an induction for the Monday um which would be with someone else but we locked it in just because we were kind of heading down that path and and just with my pelvis and my leg they didn't want me to go too far over she was also mm-hmm. tracking to have quite a large heads so um yeah we didn't want to go too far so we had that booked in for the Monday and then I said to baby girl I was like look if you want to have Nick birth you you need to come before Monday (laughs) and she listened so yeah 40 and 4 which I think was the Wednesday I woke up at 2am with just crazy period pain I have really bad endo pain as I mentioned so it kind of just felt like Mm -hmm. that to me it wasn't rhythmic it was just really intense pain um and yeah that was around I think around 2 a.m and then by about 4 a.m it was pretty rhythmic it felt like okay maybe this is happening you still just don't want to get excited but it definitely Mm -hmm. felt like something was happening um and then I got up around 6 a.m just because I couldn't really take it anymore Um, Went and hung out in the lounge for a while. And I think Todd kept sleeping from memory just because I was like, okay, you need to be fueled because I'm not going to sleep. So you get as much sleep as you can. Um, And then while he was sleeping, they all, my contractions slowed down quite a lot. And that was such a bummer because I just was like, oh, maybe it isn't happening. Um, And then throughout that day, we just kind of went about our day as normal as you possibly can with in the back of your head that you're about to have a baby it's such a weird feeling but you know we kind of tried to go for a walk and my family kind of came in and out of of coming over um just to give us some company and they kept stopping and starting but even when they would start my contractions just didn't quite get to the point where they were overnight so yeah, yeah that was a little bit um disheartening i'd done my everything shower because in the morning i was like this is clearly the day my contractions are here so i did my full everything shower and (laughs) i had to have another one later on because it didn't ever (laughs) eventuate um but yeah we just continued throughout that day and then the funniest thing about this is todd has jotted down our. i said can you take notes of our um of our labor just so i can look back on it one day and he is a very a type personality and he took some serious notes like one of the notes is literally like (laughs) 5am, got up and got Jess peanut butter on toast. Like, the notes are hilarious. But anyway, <laughs> um, hey, we then, I went to bed at about 9 o'clock that evening. And I was like, oh, this is not happening. And then literally the second I got into bed, they just ramped up like crazy <laughs> um, yeah. to the point that I didn't go back to sleep. Um, so, yeah, my contractions were from back again from about 9pm till, uh, yeah, through the night. So, um. I can't even remember them i used the tens machine which was really really helpful we'd hired that through our antenatal um, and just focused on the tens and my breathing as much as possible but yeah i didn't sleep because that was really really painful and then mm-hmm. we'd spoken to our ob during that day just to get a roundabout idea of what they expected from us and when they wanted to see us um and he had said ideally when things are about five minutes apart um give us a call And at about 3am, I think it was about 2am, things were ramping up a lot, but they were still only about seven minutes apart, but I just felt a shift, like something changed and it was a weekday, we live about 30 minutes from Auckland Hospital where we were birthing, but in traffic it could be over an hour, so Mm -hmm. um, at 3am I was like, we don't have, like we've only got three hours until peak hour traffic really Mm -hmm. hits and I obviously wanted to avoid that, so Um, and I'd started vomiting as well. And yeah, Todd just also noticed a shift. So at about 3am he called the OB and just said, look, I think, you know, we should probably come in And, and the OB agreed. Um. And I was really nervous because I'd heard, I think maybe through some birth stories on your podcast, that often when you get in the car and when you get to the hospital, it slows down a bit. And I was like, oh, if I'm seven, then it's only going to mm-hmm. slow down even more. Um, but the complete opposite happened. By the time I was in the car, they were five minutes apart. And then we arrived at the hospital and my OB was like, um, Todd, I thought you said they were far apart because at that point they were about three minutes apart. Um, yeah. So they'd ramped up a lot. Um But the drive was actually pretty good. Again, I just focused on my breathing a lot um, and my TENS machine. And, yeah, we arrived at the hospital. They had the room already set up for us, which was amazing. Those birth rooms are incredible. Um, Mm -hmm. And they did a check on me, and I was four centimeters and fully effaced, which was – pretty good I was my biggest fear was coming getting to hospital and only being like one centimeter um Mm -hmm. but obviously the pain I was in I was like oh four centimeters we've we've got a while to go um (laughs) and then my OB recommended that they break my water he did a check and he just he could tell that it was really thick um the the sack I guess and and then he ended up and I agreed and he ended up breaking it for me and even him using the little prong that they use he said he had to give a few goes it was just really really thick and he said that it was a good thing that we'd chosen to to get it um broken by someone else because he thinks it wouldn't have broken on its own and probably would have caused some issues so yeah that was good that we got that done And then they started mentioning epidural and epidurals throughout my whole pregnancy even prior to pregnancy were my biggest fear out of everything i'm i'm not really sure why i just and i i know everyone says that you can't even feel it they're totally fine but i just had Mm -hmm. this massive fear around them i think just someone injecting something into your spine just absolutely freaked me out and I think I had had one when I was younger but I think I was already asleep when they did it so yeah it just it really scared me um and so I put it off and I put it off and I put it off um but I also knew that I I did want it I was One of my biggest fears with my leg, my nerves are really unusual around my amputation site. And I was really scared that if I did birth vaginally, my fear of the head kind of coming past that area would impact that. Um, So I thought the epidural was probably going to be the best thing for me. Um, yeah. so I ended up getting the epidural, um, we ended up, our obstetrician had told us that you could do that privately. And cause I was so scared, I just was happy to pay anything to get an epidural mm. done. So we actually got it done privately And this guy, You call him, he arrives in 15 minutes and does the epidural and then it's done. And yeah, it was, um. Pretty incredible because I've heard of people who, you know, you have to wait quite some time. So yeah. um, we were really lucky that that happened quickly. And yeah, I hate to be the person that says it's really not that bad, but it really isn't bad at all. Um, yeah. Putting putting the cannula in my arm was so much more painful than the epidural. So um, yeah. I'm really glad I did that. I 100% do it again. Um, so that helped a lot. And then I just chilled. I it's so funny. We had done a birth playlist. We had downloaded movies to watch at the hospital. We had just got all the snacks, like everything. I didn't touch a single thing. I admittedly wasn't allowed to eat, but we didn't watch a single movie. We didn't even put on music. So I realized for I think it was eight hours I just sat in this hospital room looking at the wall. It was so <laughs> weird in hindsight, thinking that I just sat there, but I did. Um and yeah, Todd kinda of slept off and on. Um we had a midwife in our room the whole time and the obstetrician, he only comes back kind of if you call him. Um so yeah we just had the midwife which was awesome and Baby girl's heart rate was tracking beautifully um, the whole time, it was awesome. So that was nice to just not be nervous about her really. Um, And then I started feeling quite a lot of pressure. Um, And so they checked me again also I had the oxytocin drip because once I got to the hospital after they broke my waters my contractions did slow down which was weird mm-hmm. um so they gave me some oxytocin which I was happy with just to keep things progressing um and then yeah I think around lunchtime maybe it was I um felt a whole lot of pressure and my midwife checked me and I'd had a bloody show and she, I remember she told me afterwards she was like oh I thought this was you know this was it this was the moment um and sorry prior an hour to that before that she'd checked me and I was six centimeters and my cervix was she called it paper thin so I think that was a good thing um Mm -hmm. and then when she checked me when I had the bloody show I my cervix had was no longer thin and it had become really thick and swollen and I hadn't progressed from the six centimeters so Things shifted really quickly. I just felt the mood in the room change. My midwife was like, I'm just going to go call the OB. Um, and she went and called him. And then, yeah, she came back in and she just had this look on her face where I was like, I know this is exactly what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And she basically said that they think that we'll probably have to have a cesarean. Um, and Nick was on his way to my OB. Um, and, yeah, he arrived 15 minutes later. Um, and it is insane how fast they pull together a um Mm -hmm. cesarean so they called it an emergency cesarean but it wasn't like a red light rush um yeah but um yeah that was a weird moment i was really i was happy however our birth went because Mm -hmm. for me like i I, i'd always expected i was going to have a cesarean so i'd already come so much further than i thought i would ever go um and so yeah i was happy with we we were also paying for his advice and and his advice um was that so i didn't want to go against that and i was at that point yeah really happy for her to come i think by the time i had the cesarean i'd been in labor for 35 hours um Mm -hmm. so it was pretty long um and he said you know like we didn't really have a choice it was how she was going to have to come out so um I was happy to have that, but I instantly, once Todd got in his scrubs, I just burst into tears and hysterically Mm. cried right up until probably she was born. Um, Most probably up until they started the cesarean because I was just so scared about the fact that, they were going to cut me and I was going to feel that I just had so much yeah. fear around that to the point where I obviously already had the epidural but when they did the prick and the ice test, they kept being like can you feel this and I was like I think I can and I made them put the epidural in again or like insert mm-hmm. more in about four times because I was just so nervous to the mm-hmm. point where I definitely had way too much um going on but um Yeah, it was just, I was just so scared. Um, And it was, I think also I've had a million surgeries and obviously a lot of quite traumatic ones. And so to be in a theatre environment and to be for something positive was just a really strange thing for me to wrap my head around because I think I my subconscious obviously has a lot of trauma associated to theater um, and mm-hmm. to a surgical space, but then to be there to meet our baby was just, it just felt really strange for my brain to, to wrap my head around. So I think my emotions were also just a, a sense of overwhelm and, and the fact that we were about to meet our baby was just, yeah, yeah, it's just the most insane feeling. Um, But the cesarean was incredible. Like I just look back on my birth and think it was the most amazing thing. I, I loved mm-hmm. the cesarean, the team, like, just I actually listened to Meg's podcast um Meg from from the edge and I remember she said something about how they just treat you like you're a five-year-old in the most beautiful Mm -hmm. way ever and when she said that I was like that is exactly how I felt it just Mm. like they just give you so much care when you're in that theater space and oh I just I just have so much respect for all the nurses and the um Mm -hmm. surgical team it was yeah really incredible um and yeah so baby girl was born um pretty quickly and yeah it was
1: a very surreal surreal mm-hmm. moment yeah amazing and you didn't feel it there was no like no. pain did you feel <laughs> did you feel anything at all
0: I felt nothing oh sorry yes sorry that's not true you feel the pulling and the tugging and ex- what people my sister had had um cesareans as well and, and what she'd explained was exactly right um it just feels like someone's tugging through a handbag that is your insides um mm-hmm. the one thing i hadn't expected it, at one point i was like to Nick, i was like it feels like you're popping a large pimple on my stomach like he's like trying to like push the baby's head out like it's mm-hmm. if he's trying to pop this pimple it was the most unusual feeling but um it's not painful it's just surreal that and i i just kept saying to todd i was like todd distract me distract me because i just couldn't think about yeah. the fact that i was open and awake at the same yeah. time. Um yeah. and poor Todd, he was like, I've never struggled so hard to have conversation with you. He just like he was also obviously stressed and overwhelmed. He was yeah. like distracted, but I don't know what to say. Um yeah. so yeah, no, I didn't feel anything, but um it's still just yeah, that unusual tugging feeling. And the team were incredible they kept counting down they're like five minutes till you meet your baby two minutes then it was like 20 mm. seconds till you meet your baby um and then he pulls her up and she just peed all over his arm which was <laughs> hilarious um and yeah just to see your baby was is mm-hmm. just the most surreal feeling um yeah and she was nine pounds which was not what we thought um yeah. I had quite a small bump and she was also tracking definitely not like, she wasn't tracking small, but she wasn't tracking that big. Even our OB mm. was like, I was not expecting that. Um, so, yeah, she was a very long and very reasonably large baby. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty pretty surreal. It still feels so weird yeah. that that happened to us.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when they, like, pulled her out, you obviously see her. What happened next? Like, do you remember the steps from like cutting the cord to getting her on you or like did they wrap her first did they weigh her what sort of happened um after she was born
0: yeah they took her away I remember again listening to some of your podcasts and and I meant to have the conversation that maybe I could have her on my chest first or maybe Todd could cut the cord and all those beautiful things but I had kind of just forgotten to mention all of that so they all happened before I met her and honestly I was fine with that because whatever needed to happen had to happen um and so yeah once she was born and the cord was cut um, by the team Todd was able to go straight away with her um, and they did all the ways and it's such a weird feeling you're just so stuck on this bed and all you can hear is your baby screaming and Mm -hmm. yeah it's and you haven't really properly met them it's um quite a weird feeling like I felt excited but also sad that I wasn't there and like with her but obviously happy that tub was um, so yeah they did all of that I imagine that took maybe about five minutes time feels weird when you're in a theater room but um, it was reasonably quick and everything was good which was awesome and then they came and brought her over onto my chest they kind of just ripped my gown off quickly and got my boobs out um and I think they we tried to latch her straight away from memory and I think she's had a great latch from from the get-go which was awesome so she latched a little bit and we just lay there and she's had the strongest neck from day one so she just (laughs) spent The whole time they were sitching me up just with her neck up, just looking around at the room. It was, yeah, the craziest thing to see. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, we just snuggled for ages. And Todd and I just said a thousand times how crazy it is that she's our baby. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, yeah, they put her in her little plastic um, bassinet thing um, and then they wheeled us into recovery. Um, and, yeah, that also feels like such a blur. Um, mm. I was reasonably delusional by that point given my lack of sleep and what we'd just gone through but um, yeah we tried to lecture properly that time and give her a bit of a feed and yeah and then I FaceTimed my mom first um, and it was yeah a pretty special emotional moment just I really was I hadn't told my mum that we were calling her middle name after my nana and um, mm. yeah that was very emotional and um, amazing and I thought my mum was with my sister so I was like, I'm gonna FaceTime my mum and I knew she'd be emotional about it but it turns out she was in the middle of the mall <laughs> Realized time had passed oh and goodness. she wasn't with my sister anymore um yeah. so made my poor mum have a meltdown in the mall um <laughs> but yes yeah, so then we made our way through the fam and called them and introduced her to Marla um and yeah we're eventually
1: taken up to our ward yeah yeah amazing and do yeah. you remember like the feeling afterwards like how long did it take before they tried to get you to like stand up and Mm. like take your catheter out and do all of that stuff after a cesarean how did you find that um
0: i found like the actual recovery from the cesarean i found fine we didn't have the best care at the hospital to be honest i Mm. think it was the classic um story of being a bit understaffed unfortunately and just a whole mix of opinions which some were definitely probably not correct like we got told that we had to take shifts um being awake to watch the baby um so neither of us could sleep at the same time which was In hindsight you know that that's not correct because once you get home you obviously sleep at the same time but you've just had a baby you just listen to anyone's kind of advice um we were also in a shared room and um yeah it was all just we're in a really crammed room it was quite um Mm. all just a bit weird um and I was so delusional by that point I started kind of hallucinating a little bit because I think I was Mm. yeah 42 hours of no sleep and food at that point um But yeah, and I think, so I was on all the painkillers and I was connected to the morphine drip, which apparently is just a top up. And then for about 10 hours with a shift change, they, and we got moved to a private room quite down the hallway and I think during that change I didn't get handed over properly and they skipped my pain meds for about 10 hours Mm. so when they came to get me out of bed which I was already really nervous about being an amputee I'm not the most stable anyway and my leg was feeling a bit unusual after the cesarean Um, when they came to get me out of bed that was pretty painful so I think that was the next morning so maybe less than 24 hours after she was born I'd say um and yeah that was my birthday so Marla was born the day before my birthday um which was pretty crazy so yeah the next Mm. day was was my birthday um and yeah they tried to get us get me out of bed and, and I got there but yeah it was it was pretty sore um and the nurses had said maybe we should stay another night and and we thought that would be a good idea but then our OB came in and he said look I honestly think you're best to get to birth care if you feel comfortable we were planning mm. on going to birth care down the road um because you're going to have you know day two cluster feeding and you're going to be even more tired so you're not going to want to leave <laughs> after that so mm-hmm. you're better to just get there and settle in um so we made the decision to go so we only had one night in the hospital which I was quite surprised by after a cesarean, but I think. Mm because we were under the care of our ob i guess he was keeping such a close eye on us that it was okay because we had him at birth care visiting too
1: um yeah
0: so yeah we got to birth care i'm still baffled i'd seen my sister do it but i'm still baffled by the fact that you can have such a huge surgery and then just stand like 24 hours later it just makes no sense in my head and stand like i walked out of the hospital um And it was probably a good 10-minute walk through the hallways, um, which probably shouldn't have done, but um, I did. And just the fact that that was, you know, 24 hours
1: after having Mm. such a huge surgery, it's pretty incredible what the body is capable of. I always think that I'm like, because I've had a cesarean birth too, and Mm. I was actually talking to my sister-in-law about it. I was like, it is insane that you can have a surgery where... Like you literally birth your baby <laughs> from it's the so surgery. Crazy. And then you are just like up and standing and parenting and doing all the things for your baby, like straight away. It's just I crazy know. that they're, yeah, it is insane.
0: And I mean, I've never felt that a cesarean is a less than birth of a vaginal. I think mm. both births and all births are absolutely incredible. But the fact that there are some people who think one is better than the other absolutely oh, blows my yeah. mind because what you go through in either of those is yeah. mind blowing. I read a, a quote that said something like you lay on a table and let someone cut through six layers of your abdomen mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. you're awake. Like that is not the easy way out, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like both yeah. are so challenging and also equally can be equally as beautiful. Like I honestly just would mm-hmm. do my birth a hundred times over. I loved it. Um, yeah. But it, it does show how incredible the human body is for sure. And, and how incredible yeah. medicine and surgical People are, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And so, talk us through getting to birth care. How did you find moving from hospital to there? And yeah, talk us through the next couple of days.
0: Yeah, the birth care was awesome. We were obviously still pretty delusional and trying to learn how to parent, um, and just feeling surreal that we had a little human right there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it was really nice just to be in a a bit more of a comfortable space and and to have our own space. Um, and to our family came and visited a little bit. Um, birth care feels like a bit of a whirlwind to me so I don't fully remember it but um Mm -hmm. the priority for us um was for me to recover and and Todd really took over with Marla in terms of the sleeping and the settling he was one of the many dads pacing the hallways um Mm -hmm. and I remember him being up through the night quite a lot so obviously I guess it was that cluster phase so she would I think feed on me and then he would go and kind of settle her and hang out in the hallway for however long I'm not sure I was asleep but um that was yeah really incredible that he kind of yeah took over that and then at one point mum came for about most of the day and he went back to our house and had a sleep and just could catch up a little bit which was cool so we yeah juggled that the best we could um it was just incredible having food delivered to you and people there to care for you um Hmm. I did find the mix because obviously you have a different midwife but every different shift and everyone has their own approach and their own opinions Mm, and that definitely became overwhelming um but at the same time I was so grateful to have that because having gone straight home I couldn't have imagined um Mm -hmm. feeding became really challenging and really hard for us that kind of tainted my birth care experience just because it was really Mm -hmm. emotional for me um she was latching great and everything um but and I can't remember at what point it started to change but we realized she wasn't really getting enough um and I think at like they, they could see the the crystals in her ways, which meant she was um a bit dehydrated. Mm-hmm. I just must have been more into day two, day three. Um and then they started mentioning mentioning that we should supplement our, her feeding. Um and yeah, at the time that just felt really hard for me. I i had hoped that I would be able to exclusively breastfeed, but I also was under the illusion of Fed is best. But when you're in that moment I don't know. I just wanted it to happen so badly. Mm. Um, I've never really talked about this online or anything, but I had a breast reduction about I think about five years ago Um, and I had always wondered if that would impact my Mm. feeding journey but I had talked to the surgical team and they were like no like it won't at all if you could breastfeed before you'll be able to breastfeed after or whatever Um, but I had more surgery on one side and that side pretty much doesn't produce any milk so Mm. it was definitely a result of the surgery for me I'm pretty sure Um, so that became just a lot for me to wrap my head around Um, I was really emotional when we started giving her some formula more from like it wasn't the formula it was the fact like and I think for me I know that I have a lot of challenges ahead of me in terms of my abilities as a parent there's going to be a million things that I can't do or mm. I'm to struggle to do a lot and so I just hoped that breastfeeding was going to be something that could be my thing that I could solely do with her yeah. Um, yeah. and it kind of just felt like another ability was taken away from me and then I yeah. think I bet myself up even more because it was a result of a choice that I'd made as much as I don't regret that Mm -hmm. it was just a lot of emotion for me to wrap my head around um like looking back now I had some serious days in bed where I just couldn't stop crying I just felt yeah really sad Mm -hmm. about that and again it wasn't the formula I think formula's awesome um but it was just another ability that was kind of yeah that I wasn't going to have um so yeah that took us a while and so we were um, doing some mixed feeding at the hospital um, and talking to lots of lactation consultants. I think we saw about three different ones at birth care at the time and just making a plan for, for the future and what was ahead. Um, So yeah, that was our biggest challenge kind of um, at birth care. But apart Mm. from that, it was an awesome, I mean, it was an awesome experience anyway. It was just um, obviously a challenge that we had to face.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so what was the plan for when you left, like from a feeding perspective where were you at when you left birth care
0: when we left we were using the cup and giving her a top up so I would put her on the boob and then I would pump and Todd would give her the cup, um, which is just yeah. a small amount of formula because she was obviously only tiny. So we only needed a, like a 10 mil top up. Um, and then the plan was, so with our obstetrician clinic, you then get a post-care midwife for about four weeks. And mm-hmm. our post-care midwife was coincidentally a lactation consultant. So I knew that we were in the best hands given our situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we were kind of transferred into her care and that um, we just, I guess, went back and forth and she'd come over all the time and see how Marla's weight was going because she had lost um a bit of weight at birth or uh, post-birth um and we just kept trying to tinker between what how what my supplier was doing and what how much formula we would need to make up for which is quite a hard guessing game. Um Mm. and obviously important in those early days when they need to gain that weight back. Um but yeah so we just I think we got to the point once we'd finished with my midwife at about four weeks we were giving her a 50 mil top up at four different feeds throughout the day. And then every other feed she was just getting what she could from the boob. Um and I was pumping, so yeah, that was that was a lot. Um, and then it's just continued the same. I, I did everything. I joined a Facebook group called Breastfeeding Post Reduction. I, um, yeah, I did everything. I've been on the mm-hmm. Milkmaker Supplement, which I have found really awesome. Um, and I, yeah, looked into things for my diet to add um, lactation things. And I also considered Domperidone, but I have decided not to do that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we've basically been trying everything. And we're now at the point she's nine weeks now, and I'd say she's probably 85 to 90% formula fed. Um, and I'm at a place where I feel really happy with that. She's so happy on it. She's growing. Yeah. She's healthy. Um, Todd's yeah. able to feed her. I've let go of, I guess, the guilt and the emotions and the mm. feelings I had towards it. And I've just kind of enjoyed bottle feeding as much. Um, so, yeah, I still feed her a little bit and I still pump um probably about four times a day but Mm -hmm. um yeah we're just doing what we can and I think eventually I'll just stop feeding her um from the boob and just keep feeding her from the bottle um but yeah we're just taking it each day as it comes at the moment
1: yeah 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 there'll be so many people who can resonate to like your story in one way or another about feeding and the guilt like no matter mm -hmm. why no matter what the reason is that um you might not be able to breastfeed like exclusively or at all for some people it's often surrounded in this feeling of guilt or like Mm. um sadness or yeah like you've sort of failed and I feel like that is really not helped by a lot of the information and like social media Mm -hmm. and different things out there like there's just so such a narrative of breast is best and I think Mm -hmm. that can be really um harmful to mental health of mothers who can't exclusively breastfeed Mm -hmm. um so yeah I've seen a lot of your posts over the last like week or so and I just I can resonate myself because I had really challenging breastfeeding journeys with both of the boys and yeah it is a really hard thing to overcome and I think once you get to a place where you're like no my baby's growing she's healthy she's like everything is perfect with her Mm -hmm. then it's easier to accept but it can take a really long time to get there.
0: I so agree it yeah it does take a really long time and I someone said to me that, that I've been told this um and it sounds really brutal but it actually weirdly helped me in that the even though your emotions and everything around it are valid it's kind of a I don't like to use the word selfish but it's like the baby is happy <laughs> it's like she, as yeah, long as she's yeah. getting and she's, fed, she's the one that's happy it's our emotions around feeding or yeah. our fear of judgment that is that is what's going on you know which is as you say a, a result of um of society and I think also on Instagram you see a picture or a video of a mother breastfeeding and you think that they've had this seamless journey because we assume that one photo is is Mm. makes up their whole life which is not true but you know you don't see a mom often sitting there feeding a bottle of baby like a baby a bottle like i was out in a cafe a few times and i saw a baby a couple babies a similar age getting a bottle and the relief i would feel that i wasn't on my own was huge so that's why i posted i just really casually posted her bottle next to my coffee and i've never had such a flood of messages of of people Mm. who um, who kind of shared their journey as well because I think yeah, it's just one of those things that you feel like you're alone but I've actually yeah. realized the majority of people seem to have a challenging journey however and why ever that is. that um, mm-hmm. is and yeah just I don't know it isn't spoken about enough and there is I haven't really felt judgment from society but I've definitely felt the push of breast is best from experts which I was really surprised Mm, by mm. uh, or professionals Um, but yeah and and even the formula packets they say you know the disclaimer is that breastfeeding is best for your baby and it's like Mm -hmm. well that's that's really hard if it's not something you can do or something that's good for your mental health or something that you choose not to do it's hard to read those or see those things so
1: yeah 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 there's lots of triggers when you're trying to like work through the sort of mental health stage or like Mm -hmm. part of a breastfeeding journey (laughs) um there's just yes triggers everywhere so I can definitely relate and yeah I think um it's amazing that you are sharing online because like you said there's just there's so many people who have like a different or challenging experience but they Mm -hmm. still only see like that highlight photo I remember Mm -hmm. like after my birth with Ali And I wasn't even breastfeeding anymore, but this brand wanted to work with me to take a photo with him on my breast. And I was Mm. like, but I'm not breastfeeding him. (laughs) So that is, that feels like wrong to portray him like that. Like, yeah. So I think uh, there'll be lots of people out there who, um, who listen to this and feel like heard and, and like find some comfort in that. So yeah. Thank you for sharing. No worries awesome and what about your physical recovery from your c-section now like obviously you're nine weeks down the track um how have you found recovery pain management um getting back into like moving around and yeah walking and everything like that how has that journey been
0: a lot better than i thought it would be um yeah i just again can't believe that they can cut through that many layers of your body and and you can recover and you yeah. can recover um, well or easily. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, from a pain perspective, I was quite surprised. I think by the time I got home I was pretty much just on Panadol. Um, admittedly I have had a lot of surgeries, which I think probably helped. Mm-hmm. I've been yeah. around the plot, so I kind of I guess I can tolerate um that unusual feeling of, of yeah, it is just unusual when you have a wound. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I was quite surprised. I also thought my abilities would be really, um, really hard, I guess, like even just sitting up a bed and all these kind of mm-hmm. things. But Once I was home, even though it wasn't, didn't feel like my normal, it was easier than I thought it was going to be. And obviously I don't, I am an amputee, so I have my leg off at certain times, normally just in the night. And if I need to go to toilet in the night, I'm crawling. And I just thought maybe that would be really hard with my Mm. wound, but it wasn't. So that was really awesome. Um, yeah, I, the recovery has been great. And I just, I mean, I don't have a, a huge um activity level to get back to because I live Mm -hmm. um a slower life at the moment with my leg um and as I said summer's really hard for me so I'm not able to go for many walks in the heat but I'm able to get out and about more than I thought so um Yeah. yeah I've been really surprised by the recovery it's been um more seamless than I thought it would be
1: yeah yeah amazing and how have you and Todd gone like adjusting to adding a person to your relationship and your family (laughs) and it's just like such a massive change to go from the two of you to then like having your first baby so talk us through yeah how you're finding sort of sharing the parenting load with Todd and and what the um, change has been like for you guys
0: yeah it's been it's been a lot honestly um the first, and Todd said that I I can speak about this, but the first couple of weeks, maybe two to four, uh, first, the beginning to about four weeks was really rough, Todd. I mean, he wasn't diagnosed with anything, but I'd say he was dealing with definitely post, um, postnatal anxiety, which I think mm-hmm. not many people speak about that with men, but um, it really hit him really hard, um, and that was, that was really hard because... I was in a state of dealing with so much myself, and I hadn't expected the extra factor of, I guess, caring for him and and his emotions mm-hmm. around it. I'd expected that I'm going to have a lot of emotions and I'm going to be in pain, and and you know we've got our feeding journey, all these different things. I hadn't expected to also have that, um, and mm-hmm. so that was really hard because you know you hear of like I don't know, you see all these things on Instagram. It's like you fall even more in love with your husband when you see him with your baby, mm-hmm. of which I did, but at the same time he was struggling so much that I. yeah, it was just a different different from this like fairy tale that is kind of out Mm -hmm. there. Um, And I think for him, he has a lot more to deal with than other people like he has to carry um, I guess a bigger load than maybe other dads yeah. because of my abilities or lack thereof. um and so he's he i remember him saying he was really nervous he was taking two weeks off work and he was nervous of how he was gonna do all of this and then also go back to work and mm-hmm. I think he started to wonder if he was gonna be as good of a dad as it you know just all of these like doubts that um, yeah. that moms get as well, but he was getting them um too and yeah, that was just really hard um hard to adjust to and I think also just him seeing what I went through um, I just can't imagine watching someone go through that also would be really yeah. hard in terms of the birth yeah. and the labor and everything um, so yeah it was that was quite a surprise and quite um, an adjustment and um, mm. we just spoke really openly about it and we um, told our midwife about it so that she could keep an eye on him um, I yeah. think he went on some anti-anxiety meds for a while which really just for a short period because um, he found yeah he kind of took them as he was getting better so he didn't take them for too long but they were there there if he needed them um which yeah. was awesome and yeah I just tried to get him to open up as much as possible but mm. um that was definitely a challenge we hadn't expected um yeah. and yeah since then that probably lasted about yeah four weeks I would say um and then we have just kind of found our groove in terms of sharing the load um we're pretty even I think um Todd does a lot um Mm. he works from home a couple days a week which really helps and we've obviously had the Christmas period which has been nice so he's been here a lot um but at the moment when she wakes up in the night I put her on the boob and then he'll feed her and go up and make the bottles because he has two legs and it's just easier for him to do that than for me to put my leg on in the night um which that will change in the future but we're just trying to um drag it out as long as possible to Mm. let me kind of fully recover and yeah, give me that time which has been amazing. So he's doing just as much, if not more, to be honest, during the nights Mm -hmm. and and during the days too. He just, yeah, really um takes takes the things that I struggle to do or um yeah, which is amazing. So and I'm I'm grateful. I'd really love for him to be an equal partner and being a parent mm. so it's awesome that he's been that involved from the get-go because it'll just be you know seamless for him the whole way through um yeah and we're splitting parental leave as well so I'm doing three months and then he's um soon taking his three months so he'll be home for that period of time which is really nice mm, to just cool. again give me that extra support um I have so many appointments during the weeks and and just need help carrying her around so he's here mm. for that which is um yeah really awesome but um yeah in terms of our relationship I feel like we're back to, I, I don't want to say back to where we were into we have a, a new baby, but, um, you know, I feel like we're us again, just with an extra yeah. addition. And yeah, we're just learning to, I guess, communicate in different ways and yeah, being patient with each other. <laughs> mm, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, it's really, it's really important, I think, to talk about the mental health of like the non-birthing parent as well. Mm. It's just... It's not something that I feel like we cover often um, or doesn't get talked about enough for sure, because Mm -hmm. they also experience like this huge life change. Um, Yeah. yeah, So I think that's really important. And I'm sure there'll be people who listen to this episode and it maybe like prompts them to have a conversation with their partner or yeah, think a little bit more about that, which is awesome. Yeah. I definitely think it's worth doing. You know, we talk about how
0: birth's going to go and how we want to feed our babies, but not maybe the mental health side so much, but yeah, definitely can happen
1: yeah yeah and has there been anything that you've used like for marla or for yourself in your recovery that you're like everybody has to know about this because it is just like <laughs> super, super helpful <laughs> are there any yeah any products or anything that you've done that you feel like you'd like to share with others what have i
0: used Oh, flow. I have terrible gut issues before pregnancy and birth, and now post-pregnancy <laughs> yeah. and birth. I didn't think they could get worse, but somehow they have. Um, so flow, I mean, I've always taken flow, but I have upped my flow, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, flow, and also I take laxatives as well, because honestly, use the laxatives when they're given to you, because yeah, yes. it is yeah. not fun. It um, <laughs> just adds another challenge, but yeah, flow is one product that I just absolutely love it was in my hospital (laughs) bag I often do the chewable ones and I just I smash them like candy um I also got sent the mama's milk bar electrolyte. I got sent that when I was pregnant and ah, I have since yeah. continued to buy it continuously. I think I've gone through, I think I've purchased like three of them already. Um, I have it every single day and did during pregnancy. It's just, it's also just really yummy and it's got collagen in it, which I quite like, mm, but it's just a yes. really nice, I find electrolytes quite gross and salty, whereas this one's delish. Um, and I definitely noticed I'm, I'm not, as like if I don't have it, I don't feel as hydrated um Mm -hmm. you know how you just like even though I'm not feeding a huge amount I still just feel like I need more water um so it's nice to have an electrolyte so yeah that's one thing um what else have we used I'm trying to think um Oh, I get really bad aches and pains and throughout pregnancy I use the um, pure mama they've got like a magnesium cream oh my that god is that, that so is so nice I still use that I literally Same. Use it, like all the time <laughs> oh it's so nice like especially yeah. like you know when feeding you just get even with the bottle feeding I get a sore neck and I have a bad neck anyway yeah. but I just get Todd to rub it in and I swear it I swear by that stuff um yeah yeah what else we had a we don't know if it's a coincidence but um we had our first two full night sleep when we switched Nala into the love to dreams so I will now say love <laughs> to dreams are amazing <laughs> She's gone back to having a one wake up in the night we admittedly have a very good sleeper. Um yeah. but the one night we switched her, we had two nights in a row where she slept through the night and I was like, yes.
1: <laughs> like we must copy every single thing that we did last night again.
0: <laughs> Definitely. And you're like, is this yeah. a fluke? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And then we've just yeah, we were really mindful in the products that we purchased. Um yeah. just getting them to work with my abilities or the, like anything to make my life easier. Um so one of the game changers we got. Is like a swivel car seat that's been awesome just for me to it'll be better when she's it's we'll use it even more when she's a toddler in a bigger car seat but even just to get the capsule in another car for me has been um Mm. yeah that's been a game changer um just with my body and the support that I need so um yeah yeah. honestly I could probably keep going on because there's just so many (laughs) little life hacks but um it is hard people say this is amazing and then you buy it and you're like that didn't work for us so it is unfortunately an expensive trial and error but um yeah there are some things out there that I think are, yeah, pretty epic, Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jess, for coming on the podcast, and sharing your story with us, I've really loved talking to you, Um, it's really nice to hear that sort of full circle journey, and yeah, like I said at the start of the episode, I feel like we've been talking online for ages, and it's just so (laughs) nice to have you on here, and hear about your story, so yeah, really grateful for you taking the time today, thank you. Likewise.
0: Thank you so much. As I said, this is my North Star moment. So (laughs) the fact that it's finished, I'm just, yeah, it's crazy that I have a child in the room next door. So (laughs) if anyone's, I guess, going through that, like, endless, what feels like an endless journey, just, yeah, hold on to that hope, because um, Mm -hmm. one way or another, you can definitely get there.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed it. Jess is easy to find on social media. I've made sure I linked her in the show notes. And of course, you can find me at Kiwi Birth Tales or at Your Birth Project. And just another huge thank you to Pure Mama for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. I am such a huge fangirl of Pure Mama, as you heard in the episode, Jess is too. So make sure you go and check them out for everything pregnancy skincare. I will be back with another birth story episode next week, so stay tuned.